Coast Breakfast. East Coast Breakfast. So uh, it's a woman's day. It doesn't change anything. We still do it every Wednesday. The good, the bad and the ugly with Terence Pillay. Good morning, Terence. Morning, Darren. Today, we're talking drinking and driving. It is. You know, it's, it's a huge scourge. South Africa has one of the highest vehicle accident rates in the world. This mm. is according to a report I'd read recently. And it would appear that there are about 15,000 people who die on our roads every year. Mm. And the country ha- also has more drunk driving related deaths than anywhere else in the world. This includes uh, uh, pedestrians and cars. Yes. This is according to the latest global status report on road safety for 2015 from the World Health Organization. It's uh, it, 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 we have more deaths than some countries at civil war. Yes, if if you if you want the picture, we have forty de- deaths on our roads per year, mm-hmm. um, and we have forty murders yeah. on our roads. Yeah. Like forty three murders yeah. on our roads per year. So you Not, know the per year or per day. Uh, per day, per sorry, day, per yeah. day. So you know the the uh, you can see the seriousness of the situation. Yes. So back home, acting head of Metro Police Steve Middleton has launched a campaign to rid our roads of drunk drivers. And so Middleton and his team go out every weekend Mm -hmm. and they set up roadblocks to curb the scourge. And despite a number of arrests every week, he says they are definitely winning winning the war. I have to tell you, um, I was in one of the roadblocks last night. I was uh, coming back from Berea uh, on the M4 and it was a long roadblock. It was like from Lelouchia and the traffic went all the way back to maybe just before Blue Lagoon. Mm. And um, I have to tell you, it was the most amazing feeling. I'm sitting yeah. there, my car's license, my driver's, I have my driver's license. Yep. I haven't had a drop to drink in six years. Yep. And so when they came to me, I was like, hi! That's you know, brilliant. And that's how people should be. Stuck my head but, out the window. She said, would you bleed, breathe into this? I was like, <sighs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, we've got Steve Middleton on the line this morning. Good morning, Steve. How's it, Steve? Morning, Terence. Morning, team. How are you today? Lincoln. Very good. Thank you. Steve, why did you start this initiative to um, curb drunk driving? Terence, I think what we've got to understand is that um, we've been doing drunken driving roadblocks um, for a number of years. Mm. But we've only really been doing like one or two a month. And what actually happened after the Easter weekend... I go to a quarterly meeting with provincial ministers, um, MEC, and I found out there, which I knew, but I found out there that Interquenny results for drunken driving over the Easter weekend surpassed the entire rest of the province of KwaZulu-Natal. I then realized that I need to then increase um, our our enforcement on the ground. So what I decided then, we're going to do a two-fold approach, one with the carrot and one with the stick. Mm. So we created road safety teams to go out to the communities and then educate the communities on road safety and mainly um, drinking and driving and the dangers thereof. Mm. What came out of that is as I increased the roadblocks then to two a week, three a week, we still found that the numbers were not dwindling. Mm. Mm. So at the moment, I've now brought it up to approximately between 8 and 11 a week. Mm-hmm. depending on the uh, public holidays, um, what types of functions and events are taking place. Mm-hmm. And I must admit, it's very difficult to assess because the results are still coming in. Right. But we have found that certain areas are decreasing. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the numbers are still there. Steve- I heard you speaking just now about the Virginia one last night. Yes. Uh, we got we got 22 drunk driving arrests last night at the Virginia roadblock. Steve, I know that um, you post this on social media. What are we looking at on average here? How many arrests do you make at, at these roadblocks? 
Um, the, the average is dependent on the area specifically, um, and we don't target specific areas. We go out in conjunction with SEPs as far as planning and deployment is concerned, no. and it ranges between 20 and about 35 at every single sure. roadblock. Sure. And how long is that roadblock for? The roadblocks are for about six hours. Okay. And, and Steve, what do you have to say to those people? This is Kasha Balala, by the way. Uh, good morning, Steve. What do you have to say about uh, to those people who warn people in WhatsApp groups? Because, I mean, I don't take the M4, but I, I, I saw in the rugby group, hey, guys, listen, heads up, the popos are there by the M4. And you have people who have been drinking, and then they take the back routes. What do you have to say to those people? Morning, Sky. Congratulations on your tackles the other day. I was looking on you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. He was frightened by the tank. Um, <laughs> Look, it's illegal. The people that are warning um, on, on the Facebook uh, Facebook groups are, is illegal. And one of the times when there was a warning about two weeks ago, mm. uh, some one of your colleagues actually sent me a message and told me who the person was. Mm. I then got one of our officers to contact him because we assessed what his, what his cell phone number was. And the guy apologized most sincerely. So we hope to eradicate that as well. But people think they're being clever by warning. Steve, I know a lot of people are listening right now and they'll say, yeah, it's fair and well for you to make 30 arrests at a roadblock. Uh, but how many of those actually end up in uh, real jail time and, and um, um, fines or but penalties of any done, sort? Yes. But, but once, we've done, once we've done the arrest, we hand over the people to SAPS and then it's the justice system that takes place and so what goes forward. What we have is we, we get very good results. I get the results from the justice department about once a month. Mm. What we've done is we've also now increased it to twofold in the roadblocks. We would normally just draw blood, and that would go up to the forensic laboratories and it would get tested, and that takes time. So we now have a directive from the Director of Public Prosecutions not just to draw blood. So in other words, you get into the roadblock, you blow into the breathalyzer, then we draw blood if it's a positive reading, and then we also do a a sworn statement with regard to your speech is slurred, your eyes are, are not looking correct, you're walking on a white line possibly and things like that. So we actually nail them twofold and that has increased the number of um, sanctions in court. That's right. great. Steve, thank, thank you, you so Steve. much for chatting to us this morning. You know what? We're going to open up our lines. Our WhatsApp number is 061-792-9495. Leave us a voice note uh, with your name, first name, uh, 061-792-9495. Here's a question I want to ask, and it, it rears its head every now and again. Should the places that are selling these drinks, the clubs and the pubs, uh, should they be held responsible in any way? Or should they be have some sort of responsibility um, um, as far as how much alcohol is given to patients? and um, whether to take control of whether they should be allowed to drive their car if you can see that they are clearly inebriated and they are leaving your establishment where you have just sold them alcohol should the clubs and the pubs and the restaurants be held responsible in any which way shape or form what do you think 061-792-9495 Darren, Gary and Sky East Coast Breakfast Oh, the question we asked you this morning, just be, uh, just before we went into the into the break, was: Do you think restaurants should be held liable uh, for releasing drunk customers, or in some way responsible for um, creating, I suppose, uh, the drunkenness of certain customers? Because we have a drink driving problem on our roads. What do you think? Good morning, East Coast people. No, 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 no. You can't keep a club liable mm. for alcohol consuming. You can take a horse to the water. 
but you can't make him sip. <laughs> <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you know what? It's your responsibility. You know, to uh, to just you know don't 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 drink too much. But it is a it's a question that does raise its head all the time. Ah, uh, Darren, and yes, ah, uh, it's Derry speaking. Yes, I believe solely that the restaurants and the pubs should be held responsible because we all know the law and we know, all know the uh, level of the alcohol that we like to drink, mm. the intake. So I think we should be, it should be the owners on the pubs and the restaurants. Hmm. Kind of police statey uh, sort of vibe to ask your, um, service, your, your service industry to now be, you know, to police you. Well, we ask our schools to, um, you know, discipline our children in a way so it's yeah. kind of the same you reckon yeah i think so darren is more i don't think anybody has to be held as responsible anybody is actually using his money or her money you know and drinking and stuff like that you don't have to be held responsible while you're actually going with that person or you're actually owning a tavern it is up to the owner of the money how you actually using your money mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, I agree with that. Yeah, can I kind of carry? Again, use your money however you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying don't drink. The problem is if you've been drinking, it's not a, you can't drive. Yes, I get that. But is it the 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 Shabin's responsibility or yours as the person spending the grand? Yours as a person spending your money. Mm, I think yeah. I think both, honestly. All right. So uh, thank you very much uh, for your calls. And ter- Terrence. Um, you- so I'll tell you what. I also spoke to Zanelia Njapa. She's a mm. corporate relations manager for a group called Diageo. And uh, she's a spokesperson for an NGO called Drive Dry. It's um, And they were established in 2009 to curb drunk driving in South Africa. Zanelia, what is the Drive Dry campaign? The Drive Dry campaign is an initiative of Diageo. It is a campaign that is aimed at encouraging South Africans not to drink and drive. We are mobilizing the community to say, do not drink and drive. Rather, use other alternative modes of transportation when you have consumed an alcoholic beverage. So what are we looking at in terms of the numbers of drunk drivers on our roads? You know, the rates are quite high. If you look at um, the Department of Transport statistics, Mm-hmm. You know, South Africans, we're ranking 23rd out of 50 African countries when it comes to road accidents that are attributed to drinking and driving. And therefore, we are saying up until we take it upon ourselves as the community, as private sector, government and other stakeholders to curb this, we will not be able to effectively deal with alcohol abuse on our roads. We are totally supporting people going out and having fun and enjoying themselves. But what we're saying is think about the negative consequences that not only are you bringing upon yourself when you drink and drive, but also to the next person and innocent people that get affected by your irresponsible actions. So Zanile, your initiative is targeting the youth in particular about the dangers and consequences of drinking and driving. Why the youth? Well, the Department of Transport has highlighted that it's mainly young people who become the victims of or die from drinking and driving accidents. And that's why we are talking to young people. And we have used normal citizens in telling their stories with the hashtag that says, this is my story, where everybody shares their stories of how they've been affected by drinking and driving in a way to highlight that not only are you facing a criminal record, but there's other repercussions. 
you destroy families out there. Zanele, just for people out there who don't even think about it, what are the consequences of driving drunk? Well, firstly, it's getting arrested and having a criminal record. It's mm-hmm. killing somebody. It's destroying somebody's future. What sometimes people don't realize is that when you get stuck at a roadblock and you go booked in at a police station, even if your case can take long, you would still have that mark against your name and which could affect your future prospects when you are looking for jobs. All right, so thank you for bringing that to our attention. It would be nice if we did this yesterday, just before the public holiday. Uh, mm. It might have been a, a slightly less involvement as, as far as yeah. the roadblocks was concerned. But the good, bad, ugly is on Wednesday. <laughs> 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 thank you, Terrence. Thanks, Darren. Darren, Kerry and Sky. East Coast Breakfast.